Let me know if this sounds like you. You're a teacher who's at their wits end, burned out, or maybe you're just stressed to the max. You want to get on the road to burnout recovery, but you don't know what to do, how to get there, or if it's even possible. I hear you and I want to help, but we didn't get into burnout on the same path. So why should recovery be any different? That's why I wanted to share with you a brand new free resource that I have on my website. It's called the Personalized Roadmap to Teacher Burnout Recovery. In this quick, less than five minute quiz, you'll answer questions that will help identify your needs, your strengths, and your weaknesses. Once you've completed it, you will have access to the personalized roadmap to burnout recovery that's going to give you your next best steps to take on your recovery journey, packed with resources and support along the way. Head over to teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash quiz or head over to the link in the show notes. I cannot wait to see your action steps along the way. Enjoy today's episode. Hey, hey, you're listening to episode 23 of the Resilient Teacher Podcast. If you're listening to this, I'm just going to assume that you know that teacher burnout is a real issue in the world of education. Burnout impacts the ways that our mindset works, our brain works, how efficient and effective we are in the classroom, and even our energy levels. Our bodies are systems that work very intricately to provide us with the resilience to endure life's challenges, but In American culture, the one thing that could be sabotaging your progress in mental health is surprisingly your physical health and nutrition. Now, before you say, here we go again, I need to lose weight, don't cut me off just yet. This is not what this episode is about. It's not about losing weight or working out. It's about the science that backs up how nutrition can impact our burnout, our stress, and all that not-so-happy stuff that I'm trying to help you recover or prevent so that you can keep up with your job and education. And just to kind of reinforce some of this really quick so you'll stay with me and not jump because I said nutrition, studies have demonstrated that increased fast food consumption is related to burnout, whereas self-reported healthy eating is protective. And one study among trauma surgeons found that a 2.6 greater odds for work-life balance was achieved when participants reported consuming a healthy diet. In this episode, I get to talk with my favorite teacher nutritionist, Brie Bildon, on the show, and we're going to talk about how nutrition plays a part in burnout and recovery, how it impacts energy and stamina, what to do when you're struggling with meal planning and decision fatigue. She's going to give a few really quick tips for some healthy lunch options, as well as ways to prepare you for the week ahead so it's not overwhelming. So let's go meet Bree. Hey there, and welcome to the Resilient Teacher Podcast, the podcast giving overwhelmed and burned out teachers inspiration, sustainable strategies, and reigniting passion for teaching. I'm Brittany, a special education teacher and teacher resilience and retention strategist, and I am on a mission to inspire educators to prioritize their mental health and individualize their self-care routines so that they can live a balanced, fulfilling life as an educator while making a bigger impact in their classrooms and communities. Each week, I'll be sharing tips, strategies, mindset shifts, and discussing hot topics in teacher resilience with other knowledgeable experts so that you can ditch the overwhelm, prevent burnout, and create the life you've been dreaming about. So let's get started, and let me remind you that you too are a resilient teacher. So 
So I'm really excited to bring Brie onto the show today because she is an amazing resource for anyone who's looking to really use food as a tool for overall health and wellness. And she's been a presenter in the last two years at the Summer Self-Care Conference. And if you missed out, I really want to tell you that she's offered some amazing presentations, including bonuses as part of the All Access Pass bonus library, like a healthy teacher menu with shopping list and a recipe pack. Oh my gosh. In case you're like, holy moly, I need more. You can still get an All Access Pass from the Summer Self-Care Conference with all of the recordings and the bonus goodies at teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash summer self-care conference. But Brie is known as Nutrition for Teachers on Instagram. She's a registered dietitian who helps teachers stop stressing about food or their health so that they can gain more time and energy to do the things they truly want to do. She makes healthy eating practical, delicious, and sustainable for educators to feel better and be present in and out of the classroom. As a wife of an international middle school teacher, Bree has worked with educators in schools all around the world to prioritize all aspects of teacher health and well-being. She holds a bachelor's degree in nutrition and dietetics from Concordia College and a master's degree in health and wellness coaching from Creighton University. Welcome, Bree, to the Resilient Teacher Podcast. Bree is a wealth of knowledge and nutrition. So can you share with the listeners how you got started working with teachers in sustainable health and nutrition? Yeah, sure. So my husband is a middle school teacher. And from, I don't know, I guess his first teaching job, like I just saw firsthand the toll that the job took on his health, right? From like getting sick all of the time and not having any energy and being so exhausted where there's really just like nothing left Mm -hmm. at the end of the day. And then at the same time, so as I was, this is like kind of my first few years as a dietitian, um, when I was working in an outpatient clinic, I would, I was always so just intrigued by the patients that I had that were teachers because the impact that nutrition had, like when they would get healthier, when we would figure out what worked for them. Like, obviously they were happy to lose weight and like feel better and all that. But they're like, I remember like, I can like pinpoint like five different patients or like, like my classroom management is so much better. I'm so much happier in my job. And they just had more time and energy to like exercise and take care of themselves. We're like, whoa, like there's like really something to this. Like when teachers are able to figure out what works for them. So then a few years ago, when I decided that I wanted to start my own business in online nutrition and health coaching, I really wanted to focus on teachers, not only for seeing it firsthand, but because it is a population with such unique challenges and it is something that's, that's close to my heart. Yeah. Here we are. I, you know, I, I've followed you for the last two years. I've really enjoyed learning about nutrition from you and not until recently have I really started to really make sustainable changes. And that's really all thanks to you. Um, But I have noticed huge improvements in my energy level and just overall feeling better about myself. So have you ever like struggled with food or nutrition in your past? And like, how do you help educators who may have that kind of weakness? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So definitely in my past, like I was really into like diets and diet culture and had a pretty bad relationship with food and my body or is, you know, very like good, bad, black, white, where like food really was a source of stress. Mm -hmm. And I find, especially for women, that is really common because we've been so conditioned to think that, you know, life is about changing how our body looks and our size and all that, where, you know, diets are the answer. As I kind of went on my own journey with that and dove into the research when it comes to sustainable change and health, it's, it's not about the scale and it's not about diets. And 
So what I have done is really create a program that helps teachers create balance when it comes to their habits and their mindset, as well as measuring progress outside of weight. So looking at other, like exactly what you said, like having more energy and just feeling so much better. While also the mindset piece, one thing that I found for teachers that they also, they really understand because it's, it's basically like a growth mindset when mm-hmm. it comes to food is having that ability to be flexible because so much of like the sustainable and lasting change that people really struggle with is because they get so fixed. I'm like, oh, it has to be this way. I can only eat these foods. I'm going to cook. Like, you know, it's like these very like rules driven versus when I teach them how to have a flexible mindset or growth mindset, whatever you want to call it, then that's where it's sustainable because then, okay, plan A doesn't happen you know what to do. You have plan B, C, D, and E to fall back on. And it's not, all right, I failed today. I'm done. You learn right. how to adapt and grow. So that's been a really powerful thing is just get to the root of it instead of, you know, say, okay, here's your healthy foods list. There you go. Yeah. And I like how you brought up the fact that, you know, lots of teachers, people in general focus on nutrition when it comes to weight loss versus really using it as fuel or seeing other non-scale victories, like that's what the, you know, like the weight loss community has now changed it to be, um, the non-scale victories that teachers may have as well. And I think one of the biggest complaints that I hear from teachers is that they just don't have the energy to make it through their day, or they're exhausted by the time they get home. They I am interrupting this episode for a brief moment to answer one of the biggest questions that burned out teachers have, and that's how can I be more resilient, care for my mental health, and use my body's natural systems to get out of the stress cycle? Here's my favorite answer. Mental wellness is scientifically proven to be impacted by our gut-brain connection, or simply put, what we put in our bodies makes up the building blocks of our brain connection. In fact, many refer to the gut as the second brain. This is because research has found that there is a line of communication communication transmitting directly between the intestines and the brain, and it's called the enteric nervous system. There are hundreds of millions of neurons located within the digestive tract, which are connected to the brain through the nervous system. So yes, what you digest is directly interacting with your brain. That is why it's important to give your brain what it needs to reduce stress and why I started using Amari X Happy Juice, which is three products used in a drink form to boost mood and motivation, provide overall health for your second brain, your gut, enhance mental performance, and provide the fuel needed for a highly productive day. While each of these products use separate have amazing benefits on their own, Happy Juice has really provided me with healthy energy I need to get it through my school day without that crash and jitters. I believe so much in these products that I have partnered with Amari X to bring you the ultimate mental wellness products that are scientifically backed for healthy energy, stress reduction, and resilience. So what are you waiting for? Head over to teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash products to learn more and use code 152 817 to save $10. Back to the episode. I have that decision fatigue. So from a dietitian standpoint, like how does nutrition really impact energy and stamina? And what do you think is the most important for those teachers to see better energy and stamina? Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's very oversimplified, but like food is fuel, right? And in order for like your car to get from point A to point B or go on a road trip across the country you have to put a lot of gas in it, Mm -hmm. right? And the amount of gas as well, you know, the quality doesn't matter so much. If you have a really nice car, you're going to put the premium fuel in, right? So, you know, just like our body is the same, like we have this tank that has to be filled up and like 
lucky for us, it's delicious and we can do it in by eating food. Um, mm-hmm. But for people and for humans, like the right types and the right amount of energy from food really make a world difference when it comes to energy and stamina. Because when are you putting enough and quality food in the tank, you're going to have enough energy. You're going to feel better. You're going to be able to get through the day and like not have to peel yourself off the couch to go to bed later. So we focus a lot on energy management is kind of what I call it, where it comes to like both balancing meals with nutrition for blood sugar balance is a big part of it, as well as just eating enough. I think teachers are, because it's such an active profession, not only high energy, but like you're on your, like those are my clients, they're like at like 10,000 steps by like 2 p.m., right? So you're on your feet all day. Like you're not sitting around once people realize like, wow, like I can't believe like from skipping meals and just not eating much and like living off morsels of food during the day when I am eating enough, I feel so, so much better. So for those teachers that kind of struggle with the meal planning, that decision fatigue when it comes to meals, do you have any tips for those teachers to kind of get started and just stick with it? Yeah, that, that's a really good question because that decision fatigue is real. Right? I think like the most, mm-hmm. like the memes that blow up are like me trying to decide what to make for dinner. It's like, it's so relatable where that's the one question everyone is like, what's for dinner? What are we eating tonight? Because mm-hmm. it just, when you have to make that decision, there's, there's nothing left and it's so, so hard. But where it gets a little complicated is there's not a one size fits all when it comes to meal planning. Because just with different lifestyles, different home lives, different ways our brains work, I don't have like, okay, here's the key to menu planning. There's definitely a lot of different ways you can do it. So some people do best with like, they just make a structured menu. They sit down with their partner or, you know, and they just plan out, okay, here's what we're eating Monday through Friday. They plan out the meals, go with the groceries and do like that, that structure, that framework works really well. Other people, not a chance, or maybe we can then use tools like having like staple meals where we're always having certain ingredients on hand. So you can kind of throw together your top five favorite meals at almost any time. Um, bulk cooking and freezer meals can be really helpful. Like when you do have the time to plan ahead, so you just pull something out and heat it up. There's really so many different ways to, to menu plan, but when it comes to actually getting started and stick with it, my number one tip is to not overdo it. Like, I love the excitement. I love the motivation. Like, all right, I'm going to menu plan. And then you plan out like two weeks at a time. Great. But that's not going to happen. Like, let's be realistic about it, right? Right. Um, So if someone like menu planning is absolutely something I recommend. But when getting started, I don't recommend planning for more than three meals at a time. That's That's a really good rule of thumb, too, because, you know, you might realize, oh, well, you're going to have a late day this day and you weren't expecting that. So now you don't have time to kind of pull something out. So having those sustainable tips that you talk about on your page are really necessary in order to be able to choose those nutritious foods or things that we need to fuel our body with, you know, out and about. That's Yeah, that's all. I also recommend like planning for eating out. Like if you know, like you're coaching or you have something coming up or if you just like life happens and things come up. So by not planning for that, you're doing yourself a disservice. And I'm a huge proponent for planning. What I've noticed is we've been talking about decision fatigue on the podcast like a couple weeks back. And at the time of this recording, we're in September. The beginning of the school year, that decision fatigue is so real (laughs) um, that I would get home from work and I would say, 
what are we eating for dinner? And my husband would be like, I don't know. What do you want for dinner? And I'm like, I don't know. And so we started planning our meals out and we do it at a week at a time and just you know, we, we're pretty flexible with it, but just to have something written down where our kids know and they can't argue with us. <laughs> and so that I know and that he knows what we're eating that night. So we don't even have to discuss that. And there's less decision fatigue. So it's helped significantly. So I really like that you brought that up. And when I polled the teachers on my Instagram stories, one of the questions I got that I can totally relate to Um, It was, how can teachers make healthier choices when they aren't motivated or they don't have self-discipline? Like, what advice do you have for those teachers? So, this might be an unpopular opinion. I don't love the word, or I don't know, not the word, I guess. It's just a word, but focusing on self-discipline or motivation. Because I think it's actually, especially when it comes to nutrition and taking care of ourselves, it's not something we can rely on because it's so fleeting. Right. Right. No matter what, like you could be the most like disciplined person there is. And there's still going to be days you don't feel motivated or vice versa. Right. Right. So say like, okay, I'll do this when I'm motivated. I just don't have motivation. To me, it's kind of a cop out because no one's motivated. Like I don't wake up like, oh, I'm so excited to eat a healthy breakfast today. Like, you know, this is not how it is. Right. Um, And instead to recognize that motivation or feeling capable, feeling excited, feeling ready and able to take care of yourself, that motivation, that follows action. So we can't sit around and wait for motivation to hit us or like the perfect time because there's never going to be a perfect time. You're never going to feel unless, you know, the only time that I guess that that isn't true is like if someone maybe has like an epiphany or a doctor or like, you know, like a a heart attack, right? Where like, it's like, okay, like I need to make change. Like that kind of like life-changing event, like that can kind of spur a bit more of motivation, but otherwise like it's, it's just not going to hit you one day. So instead is to start by taking action, to start small, start with a habit, start with a goal, something that's very relevant and very doable. And then just take it one thing at a time, because like, let's say drinking water, for example, and the habit that teachers often struggle with is, you know, instead of saying, okay, I'm going to be healthy starting tomorrow. I'm going to plan all my meals and prep my lunches and do this, this, and this and drink my water and all that. Like, yeah, that's fantastic and great. But is it really going to last past Thursday? Right. Instead, (laughs) if you know that you're struggling with water, you don't have to do all of those things right now. Let's start by figuring out water, drinking enough water, getting to that where that becomes a habit and that becomes routine. It becomes easy. And then we can look at lunches and because then once you're feeling better because you are drinking enough water, you have more energy, you're not getting as many headaches, you're not as bloated, then you're, then you're going to feel better. Right? You're going to have more capacity. Okay, now I'm ready to tackle lunches. Well, then I start mm-hmm. having more energy and I start feeling it's really this like really positive snowball effect that creates much more like intrinsic as well as reliable like motivation and discipline that Mm -hmm. comes from the action rather than it just being like this light bulb moment that isn't as realistic. I love the way that you explain that. I mean, I have over and over and over been like, I'm going to do this, 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 this. I'm going to meal plan. I'm going to drink all my water. I'm going to do it. And it's going to start on Monday, you know? (laughs) So start on Monday or start on like the September 1st, right? It's always like these like deadlines, which can be great. Yeah. Yeah. So I can relate to that. And another question that was asked several times in the polls on Instagram from teachers was about low prep lunch ideas. So teachers, you know, they often don't get a lot of time to eat their lunch or microwave food during their lunchtime. So do you have any easy ideas that you can kind of share? 
with them? Mm -hmm. Yes. So lunch is something that is so important and that we work on all the time. I love putting out content around lunches because I think it is one of the main meals that, that teachers struggle with because of that time. Mm-hmm. Tease, right? Like a lot of my clients are like, Brie, like I have exactly four minutes for lunch. Yeah. One of my favorites that's really been helpful lately, especially at the start of the school year, is more like bento snack style lunches. We're kind of like adult Lunchables. Yeah. Lunchables. I don't care. Like grab a Lunchables from the grocery store, right? Like it's it's food. It's fuel. Right. Um, where that way, especially if it is low on time and you can grab a few bites here and there. It's finger foods. You don't have to heat it up. You know, crackers and cheese, cut up fruit, all of it, like finger foods, quick, easy, nutrient dense. Mm-hmm. Those can be really great. And then you're not worrying about doing much prep. You're not worrying about heating anything up. It's it's there. You can grab, you know, even if it takes you three hours to eat it. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Um. So that's been a good one as well as just like things that either utilize leftovers or what you've maybe had for dinner or that don't have to be heated up. So I was actually just asking my, my husband, I was like, what are your favorite lunches that we make? He's like, oh, I love like rice bowls and grain bowls. Because then it, they taste good when they're cold. Then you can kind of really bulk up the nutrition, grab a few bites here and there, easy to eat, things like that. As well as pasta salads are really nice because it's kind of one pot, one pan, all mixed together. You can get a lot of nutrition in there. As well as even wraps and sandwiches. They're handheld, they're quick, they're easy. So definitely like, simpler is better when it comes to lunches. I don't usually recommend salads because it takes a lot of chewing, Mm -hmm. kind of time consuming to eat. And if you're eating it fast, it's really just going to make you bloated. Right. Um, So that's one mistake that I see teachers make. It's like they make these like big, beautiful salads for lunch. Great, but unless you have the time to eat it, it's it's not going to sit very well in your stomach. Right. Um, My daughter really loves bento boxes right now. Like she's kind of obsessed with just little containers for things. I don't. I don't. And I've been like putting little fruits and little things. But now I can think I could make that for me, and that would be an easy, quick lunch idea. And I I love that you even brought that up. So yeah, for those busy teachers who want to kind of be set up for success, do you have like five main things that you would recommend that they do this weekend so they can kind of set it and forget it and not have to worry about what they're eating? Yes. So the first one, as I said, wash your water bottle. Get that ready for the week. Oh, good idea. Uh, Putting that down. Yes, that's, that's a big one people forget about it. Because that's often like, oh, I got to school on Monday and I forgot to bring a water bottle home. It's gross. So I'm not going to drink water today. Right? So just like bring your water bottle home, wash it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a, that's an easy one. And then the step one is definitely to do some planning. So plan a few breakfasts, a few lunches, a few dinners, ideally a few snacks. So just sit down, even if you just sketch out like two ideas for each. Set yourself up for success that way. Maybe prep a few lunches if you can. Get breakfast ready for the week. It's something we've been doing lately for the start of the school year that's really helpful. So you don't have, you know, you can wake up, start the day with that fuel without having to cook or make anything. It's just you grab it out of the fridge and it's ready. Getting groceries. So stop once you have the plan, you're not to take away that decision fatigue. You're not walking around the grocery store wondering when it's busy on the weekend to begin with. Like, oh, what should we eat? I don't know. Let's grab a few things and then. You spend lots of money and you come home like, what did we even buy? Like, what am I going to make with this? <laughs> um, so so I go can, to the grocery store with the plan. Yeah, get the groceries. And then ideally, if you have the capacity to get some produce ready. So to, you know, wash and chop up some fruits and veggies so that when you are hungry, when you are throwing lunches together, you are getting that color and that nutrition. And because it's prepped, it's ready and it's, it's convenient or buy it already. There's no shame in buying it like 
pre-washed and cut up and ready to eat if it, if it works for your budget and financially. Yeah. I just want to tell you, Brie, like I have learned so much about nutrition from you these last couple of years. You've offered some really great challenges that I've participated in. I've just learned so much from you and I'm so thankful that I could get you on the show. So for those listeners who are loving your perspective, they want to follow along. I know that they're going to. Um, Can you share where these listeners can find you and how your nutrition program is different than other programs they might have heard of before? Yeah, sure. So I am mostly on Instagram. You can find me at Nutrition for Teachers on Instagram. Um, I also do have a website that is knowledgenutritionist.com where I do have some resources and some things up on there as well. But my program is different because as we've kind of talked about, it's not focused on weight loss. It's focused on practical strategies to help busy teachers, educators enjoy food, to have that balance because they have these systems in place. It's very like systems and habits and action-taking approach um, so that there isn't that decision fatigue, so that it's not stressful, so that it's not overwhelming. Where it, over time. And it's a process. And that's why it's a program. Mm -hmm. It's not a template where I'm like, all right, here's the answer. Go do this. It's about making behavior changes so that we're getting to the root. It's personalized so that you have these systems that work with your busy life, so with the hectic days, with the chaos, so that you're supporting yourself from a very foundational physical standpoint Mm -hmm. so that it just becomes what you do. It's not overwhelming, it's not stressful, and that you have that capacity to get through your days and be an incredible educator, but also be an incredible partner and spouse and friend and and mother and parent so that you know you really have so much more capacity in your life. So it's focused on that. Yeah. Um and one thing that if someone is interested or a bit intrigued, I do have a free three-day challenge up that's called Nourish to Flourish. It kind of gets like your toes wet into to what this could look like for you and to really work on that, where we talked about the motivation piece of like starting with taking the action and letting the motivation follow. It's a, um, it's a really fun way to experience what that's like. Yeah. So I'm going to put the links for those down in the show notes. That way, if anybody's really interested in that, which I know they will be doing, you did a challenge back in... When was that? April or May? May. May. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And it was it was kind of like life changing because I was like, oh, I have things that I can do each day that weren't like some big thing that I had to plan out a whole bunch of things in advance. I really, I really enjoyed it. So I hope that you do another challenge again soon. Put the um, links for those in the show notes if anyone wants to go and check you out. I love the challenges, the um, little three-day things. And I can't wait for other teachers to find your page. Oh, thank you. That's so kind of you to say. If you're interested in getting more support, including accessing Bree's programs or her previous presentations on eating for self-care nutrition strategies for the -the on-the-go educator and no-nonsense nutrition for educators at the previous summer self-care conferences, along with bonus offerings in the all-access pass bonus library, including her healthy teacher menu with shopping list and recipe pack, as well as 30-plus other presentations and over $700 in value and extra bonuses, head over to teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash summer self-care conference or head over to the show notes for this episode at teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash episode 23 for the link to check it out there. Do not forget, you are a resilient teacher. We are in this together. You've got this. 
Before you go, head over to teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash podcast to check out any links, freebies, and resources discussed in this episode so that you can start recovering from or preventing burnout and reigniting your passion for teaching. If you liked this episode and it helped you or made you think in any way, I know it will be for other educators too. So subscribe and leave a review so more educators can find this community as well. Did you know that you can have an incredible impact on the teachers in your life? That's right. All you have to do is share what you learned today. Take a screenshot of the episode you're listening to and tag me and post it in your stories. What do you say that we start creating a trail for more teachers around us so that we can start to make the change in the system of education, how teachers are seen and respected, and for ourselves? I look forward to connecting with you more on Instagram at Teaching Mind, Body, and Soul or TikTok at Miss Princess Teach. I am always looking for an excuse to chat more about burnout, resilience, and teacher support. I'll see you in the next episode.